Before we begin today's episode, there's a serious trigger warning for self-harm and suicide. If you're uncomfortable with the subject matter, I'll see you next week. In the event that you choose to stay, this week's duo of guests are incredible, and the mission they advocate for is one that has quickly become a nationwide phenomenon. Welcome to episode 71 of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellet. Today's story centers a nonprofit organization called Morgan's Message. Named for late Duke University women's lacrosse player Morgan Rogers, the initiative acts as a catalyst for student athletes to open mental health related dialogues. To help tell the story of Morgan's life and her impact, our East Carolina women's lacrosse player Cece Bartley and Morgan's twin sister, Averly. The Rogers twins began lacrosse in the third grade, but Morgan fell in love with the sport in seventh. Morgan and Aberly joined a travel team, Cardinal Lacrosse, local to their Northern Virginia home. And man, that was it. Once Morgan got around those girls at Cardinal, it was like that just kind of sealed her fate. I mean, she found her, some of her best friends there. Two of them, actually three of them helped us co-found Morgan's message. Um, and they all throughout high school and all throughout college, I mean, they just, that was Morgan's, um, like turning point, I guess, like just great. Like she had found her, her family outside of her family. When that travel team turned into college recruitment, Morgan went all in. Along with Duke, she had offers from other division one schools. Ultimately, her parents made her note four aspects of potential universities, aside from their athletics, that would draw her there. The quickest answers were aimed at Durham, North Carolina. They told her, you need to find four things about the school outside of the program of why you want to go to that school. And it can't be um, the girls are great, the locker room is fully stocked or whatever like it has to be four things outside of sports altogether and so I think she she loved the size of the school she loved the area like the chapel Raleigh Durham area and she loved um I mean it's a very good school Duke the reputation I mean how can you beat that and then they had I can't remember the fourth one it might have been um they had exactly like what what major she was looking into. I can't remember what the fourth one was, but that is ultimately how she decided on Duke was for all of the schools, like the final couple schools, they just couldn't relate. Like she couldn't think of full four things. And Duke, it was like, boom, 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 boom. For the first time in their lives, the Rogers twins were splitting up. Morgan to the lacrosse program at Duke and Aberly to the University of South Carolina's club equestrian team. It just kind of made us, you know, actively reach out more often because she wasn't just there for me to check into any check in with anymore. Um, but it was so it was weird. I didn't have the best freshman year experience and seeing Morgan like thriving in her experience. It was kind of hard. Like I lo- I was super happy for her. But at one point I was looking at transferring schools because I was like, I'm not loving it here. Um, And so I applied to, I was in the process of applying to Duke and uh, East Carolina where my brother went. So I was like, I just want to be 
with my family. Um, ideally Duke, but I was like, I don't, I didn't have like the high school, like grades to get into it. And I was like, I don't know what one year of college is going to do for me. I ended up like not actually applying because I decided to stay at USC and like make it work. But um, it was definitely a change. I mean, she and I, like we would talk about like deeper things going on with us. It wasn't just like super superficial, like what's going on. Um, yeah, that it really, we got a much like deeper connection from being like physically separated. Morgan, who had been diagnosed with anxiety at the end of high school, seemed to be thriving at Duke. Her freshman season in 2016 produced a single game of play and time with the scout team, but she was poised to erupt ahead of 2017's slate. Then, 10 days before the season started, Morgan sustained a season-ending knee injury during practice. She had level three tears in her ACL and MCL, effectively setting her on a year-long path through rehab. I mean, she said that everything was fine, like she was okay with it. Like, obviously it was, you know, earth shattering to her because it was only 10 days before the season. But weirdly enough, I really wanted to go into surgery when, after school. So I asked her, I was like, hey, can you ask your doctor if I can come see it, come watch it? And naturally they said no, because I'm family, but I was like, okay, well, like, I can't do that. But do you still want me to come up and see you? And she was like, no, it's okay. I think it might be a little overwhelming having everybody there. But um, I mean, I didn't think, I knew she was super, super bummed because they were setting her up to like actually be able to have like a lot of playing time in the spring, um, just from how she was playing in the fall and from what coaches were saying, like she, like this was actually going to be a very big year for Morgan. Um, and for it to all be taken away from her 10 days before the season or the first game, like, I don't know, I guess I didn't, I was more worried about like the physical injury than the, the mental toll that it would take on her, or at least at the moment. That injury sidelined Morgan for more than a year, and rehabilitation wasn't helping get her back on track. During these months, Morgan began a dangerous mental spiral. Our parents knew about her her grades dropping. Um, they knew about her, like we all knew Morgan slept 22 hours a day, which I even knew at the time that that was like a sign of, or a symptom of depression. Um, And she she would send me like little pictures of like her holding up her art and I could see a band-aid on her wrist or something. And then if I asked her, she'd say like, oh, I, I, I burned it when I was taking something out of the oven. I was like, okay, she clearly doesn't want to talk about it. Like I'm going to redirect. I just, I wish I didn't redirect. Morgan was dealing with a serious mental health struggle stemming from her identity as an athlete, but she never overtly brought it up. There was only one other time where somebody that she knew spoke up about their suicidal thoughts and she was hospitalized. She was taken out of school and she was 
very much hovered. Um, like her, she, her world was uh, very much controlled by her parents and the doctors just to make sure that she wouldn't take her own life. And I think Morgan was afraid if she did that too, that would happen to her as well. I, I think that that's why she was nervous to, to talk about it. She was nervous that, you know, her team would be taken away from her or her team would look at her differently. The team would be nervous to have her around. Um, and she didn't want to seem like a liability. All of that changed in the fall of 2018. She was finally cleared to play again. She had taken the leave of absence during 2017, and she seemed prepared to assume a role in the midfield. The dynamic of assimilating back into the team environment fell flat, though. Her friend groups had shifted. Communication waxed and waned. It wasn't the same dynamic she had left. She played in off-season scrimmages, and although she was slower, it didn't tip any of her family or friends off that something more was going on. What began to do so was when she started fabricating reasons for not playing in scrimmages. All she had wanted to do was get back. Now, she would tell her mother that she had the flu, or any other minor injury, that prohibited her from being prepared enough to play. Things began to shift. Morgan had been in therapy, and her support system was in complete agreement that she should return to play. Three days after she returned to campus in January 2019, Morgan called her parents and announced that her career at Duke was over. She had quit the team. Instead, she opted to play for Duke's club lacrosse team. She was proud to continue her love of the sport in whatever capacity she could. She was having fun. The rest of the 2019 spring season played out, and the school year ended on a high note. Then July 2019 began. The Rogers family had gone on a big 4th of July trip, and Morgan had seemed happy and joyful. After the annual trip, Morgan needed to head to campus to pack up her apartment while the rest of the family flew back to their homes. We were all at the beach together. Um, my sister was going back to Duke to finish cleaning out her apartment. Um, she had my dad's truck to throw everything in there. And then, and my parents were in Virginia. She was supposed to come back on the 10th because she had a dentist appointment on the 11th. Um, the tenth comes around and she gives like some excuse of like, oh, my friend's in town. I just want to like have dinner with her one time. I'll just wake up super early on the 11th and, and come visit or I'll still make the dentist appointment. Don't worry. My parents, they're like, seriously, like you're going to be cutting this so last minute, but that's fine, whatever. Um, and then they realize they... So she missed the dentist appointment. Um, they're like, okay, that's really weird. Like what's going on? Um, and she was also supposed to meet one of our like lifelong friends for, for drinks the 11th, like the night of the 11th. So we were like, okay, like maybe she skipped her dentist appointment, but like, whatever, like she's still coming home to see Savannah. And then like hours go by, she's not responding. Um, they're like, what, what's going on? Like, uh, and she, they also text me, they're like, have you heard from Morgan yet? And again, not thinking anything of it. I was like, uh, not since yesterday, the 10th. Um, 
So hours go by, she misses drinks with Savannah and now my parents are like really freaking out. They're like, we haven't heard from her all day and she's missed, like that's a, that's a big deal. And we haven't gotten a call like from a hospital saying that she was in a car accident or anything like that. So they made, they called the non-emergency police down at Durham and said, hey, you need to go check on our daughter. And a couple hours go by. My parents are a wreck. They're just paced like they can't sleep. So they were just like, you know what? Screw this. Let's get in the car. We're driving down to Duke. It's only four hours. Let's go. And then about one hour out is when the police call my parents and say, we found her. And I don't even know fully their story like how what they did or how they reacted i just know that they got the call about an hour out and they said okay uh well let's let's go get the truck and then just immediately turn around and go back to virginia so they drove all night um i think they i think they got the call around one o'clock or two o'clock one or two o'clock on July 12th and and then they just drove back and I don't I don't think they slept that night and when they called me at nine o'clock I was home in in Charlotte I had just woken up it was nine o'clock in the morning um my I was off from the hospital that day and then my mom and dad called me and they're like hey are you awake and I was like, no, joking. They're like, you need to wake up. And immediately my heart stopped because my brother was still working night shift at that point because he's a police officer and I was, or deputy sheriff, I don't actually know the terms, but I was like, oh my God, like my, Austin was shot. Like that's where my mind first went. But I was like, I just asked him like, what what's going on? And then... My mom goes, um, Morgan died last night. And just like immediately, immediately, um, screaming, like, I was just like, oh my God, like, are you serious? Like, and I, my parents and I, we just went back and forth just saying, I'm sorry to each other, like a whole bunch. Um, I asked her how, I asked my mom, like how she died. And she was like, that doesn't matter right now. Like, we'll go over that later. Um, sorry. I'm like, really? Sorry. Um, and then just, I remember them saying, you know, Tucker, my now fiance, he was just, he's outside in the hallway. We already told him he's going to come in when we hang up, which is exactly what happened. And then they were like, but Austin doesn't know. So don't text him because he worked the night. So he was like, Austin, Austin doesn't know. Don't tell him yet. And then I just started. Okay, I, I remember I through my phone as hard as I could. And I just screamed and cried for 
I don't even know how long. I think it was like 20 minutes of just straight like screaming and then and then it was just cold and numb and just yeah for that last little bit. As the Rogers family tried to pick up the pieces in the next few months, a uniting force began to grow. That fall, sometime like August to December, just kind of like talking about it, like what could we have done? Like what's, what would Morgan have needed? Like we wanted to do something, but we weren't really sure. It was more just talk, like none of us had the energy or the mental stability to actually do anything. It was just talking, like we want to do something about it. But then it was um, right before our 23rd birthday. So in May, um, a couple of her close friends like started reaching out, um, saying that like they wanted to come see the gravesite or they were just like checking in because they didn't know what to say. I mean, they lost Morgan too. We didn't know what to say to them. Um, so, but it was right before 23rd birthday in May that people started coming out and we're like, all right, because they were also, um, is there anything that we could have done? Like, what could, what could we have done? And we're like, okay, well, obviously can't for Morgan, but like maybe we could for somebody else. And then it was right like that our birthday weekend that everybody came out and it was just like in our front yard we were trying to talk and we're like I think it would have been nice to hear other stories like to hear other people talk about it and so that's what it was originally supposed to be like just a podcast. Morgan's message was launched with the intent to share stories of others who echoed her journey. The original podcast idea was quickly placed on the back burner as a blog and campus chapters joined the rapidly expanding conversation. So we launched it in July, July 11th, 2020, on Morgan's like one year anniversary. And it was a couple months later, it was at least during the school year, where um, Anna Callahan, Morgan's teammate from Duke, reached out and said like, she was close with Morgan. She's like, Hey, um, I want to, I want to talk about Morgan and I want to talk about mental health. Like, is it okay if I kind of like form something at Duke, like just to like it, under Morgan's message, but that I can just talk to somebody and we're like, yes, absolutely. Like, that's a great idea. And then very shortly after Morgan Alexander from Syracuse did the same thing. She's like, I want to talk about mental health like is it okay if I like have like a little Morgan's message club at Syracuse and we're like that's two people like within a month that and we're like this could be something so then Claire Kehoe took that on and it absolutely blew up in the best way possible. As of June 2022 Morgan's message had 499 chapters at high schools and universities and had touched 39 states and Canada 1,079 ambassadors shared Morgan's message to their teammates and friends. East Carolina women's lacrosse player Cece Bartley is one of those thousand. Bartley sustained an eerily similar knee injury to Morgan's. After tearing her right ACL in high school, Bartley, a defensive player and team leader with the Pirates, was worried when the left one went too. 
I got hurt and I was just like really upset because I was like, oh no, not again, whatever. And my coach looked at me, she's like, nope, you're not thinking that. We're not thinking that. We're going to think positive things and we'll go from there. You're good. And then I was like, oh, like I literally took a deep breath and I was like, okay, I'm good. Like we're going to be fine. Um, and it ultimately came down to tearing another ACL. But I think seeing how supportive my coach was literally from the second it happened, she said, we're going to figure this out and we're going to be there for you. And do not worry. Like you have the support staff too. You have amazing athletic trainers. There's so many people that will be there for me along the way. Ultimately, knowing that my team was there for me, we were so close the entire time. And every day someone's checking in on me, like seeing how I'm doing. And like, even if my coach told me, hey, can you turn the lights on the field? I would ask my trainer, be like, hey, can I jog over there to go do it? Like, I was just so excited to get back into it and um, just had like this kind of chip on my shoulder, knowing that I hadn't been able to fully prove myself to my teammates with those little two months freshman year. Um, it was a big, big push for me. When Bartley rehabbed in 2019 and returned to play for a full season in 2020, she heard whispers from former teammates of an initiative aimed at opening mental health conversations within college athletic teams. Bartley's head coach, Amanda Moore, had recruited Morgan, and these conversations among current and former teammates of Bartley's planted the seed of action in her brain. I started seeing all these athletes that I knew, um, again, from like these big programs, like starting to join. And we have a lot of ties to Duke. And my coach actually recruited Morgan to Duke because she worked there for a while. Um, so, and I also think that lacrosse is such a growing sport that not everyone knows about it. I mean, we would see people in the grocery store and they're like, oh, what's the cross? Like, we'd love to come, but what, what is it? Like, they just don't know. And um, I wanted to be able to amplify any kind of story I could. And this being obviously based around Morgan, but like being able to amplify lacrosse and like her story and letting everyone know that's maybe not as familiar that these things happen in other sports as well and just growing that awareness through what is a smaller but growing sport at the time. Um, I think that was what was really special to me. A senior at the time, Bartley looked into Morgan's message. One more school year was more than enough to bring a chapter of the organization to Greenville, North Carolina. And I reached out to my team and um, like three of the freshmen were like, oh, I want to be in it. I was like, okay, so we're going to be doing this for a long time. I have no worries. And um, initially it was a little tougher to get other teams involved, just like finding that time to break down what Morgan's message is and what it's about. But finding that time with everyone's crazy schedules, everyone's on different times and everything. Um, but eventually we got two more, one from swim and dive and one from softball. So that's when we kind of like kicked it off um, the beginning of the spring semester in January, we kind of did like an information meeting and my team was there and again, softball and dive. And uh, from there, from there, we just started talking about what's going to happen, what our expectations are. And basically this is for everyone to just take a deep breath and like share whatever they need to. And I think that was the most rewarding thing before we were able to reach out to other teams was seeing my team open up and 
it was something that even if you weren't someone that spoke up, because there are questions at the end of um, each slide that has covers different topics, but even if you weren't someone that opened up, you were able to see your teammates be vulnerable. And it was just so awesome to know that they trust the team so much with being able to share that and like get it off their chest. And that led to more people talking and we would finish the slideshow and 15 minutes, but then we would talk about it for another 30. There is a ambassador group chat. And if you had a question, you could reach out to these hundreds of other players and they would be right there to be like, oh, I did this one time. Um, so we did do a Giving Tuesday, which is where we just raised money for Morgan's message. And um, then we had lacrosse put on their first dedication game and we also had like a little Venmo card as well for those that may have not seen the Giving Tuesday who could make a contribution. And the dedication game, we were lucky enough to share it with ODU because they have a chapter as well. So they had t-shirts and we had t-shirts and we had like a little speech given um, while we were warming up just to kind of let the fans know what it is and why we are celebrating it. Bartley said that her athletic directors got wind of the dialogue stirring and asked how they could help. They were very excited to learn that we are starting this because they want to talk to us so that we know how to get it, you know, um, everyone more involved. And that way it's not just the people above us telling us like, hey, do this, do this, do this. It's a lot easier when it's coming from your peers. Bartley says that opening the dialogue, not only that mental wellness is a wavelength, but that it manifests differently in everyone, was a driving force in her particular outreach plan. I think everyone's battle is different, and I think that's the hardest thing to understand is that someone may be suffering, but it looks a lot different than someone else. And it is kind of hard to understand what someone's going through and how you can help. And it ultimately, you never know what to do. Everyone's different. Everyone needs something else. And some people are more likely to talk about it and some people aren't. And it's just, it's such a crazy thing to understand. And I think that's why it's so important that all of these athletes that are becoming involved with Morgan's message are speaking up and just creating this platform of this is a safe space and it's okay because there never really was one. I mean, there's, there's some things that like come up and it's like, yeah, that's great. But like, who's actually doing it? And that's kind of someone needs to take initiative to start something, be a part of it and spread it and like make it more personable to everyone else. Because I know we've all read countless things um, about all of these different organizations, but the next step is making it more personable to make people feel something. And hopefully it's not in the worst way imaginable. It just needs to be something that they're encouraged to be a part of because so many other people are there opening up and they want you to know it's okay to do the same thing. It's sad. Like I wish that there was something like this for Morgan. But I love that, I mean, the number of times that we've heard, you know, Morgan's message gave me the strength to talk to my parents or, you know, it gave me a community that I just wasn't getting 
at home or at my school. Um, and the, the, the like it, like Morgan's message, like saved my life because it, it gave me the strength to realize like, I'm not alone. Like this is these thoughts, like, or these things are wrong. And I recognize that I'm not the only one experiencing it type of thing. And I mean, just, just last week, actually, um, I had an ambassador reach out to me for something. And I mean, like we've been in constant contact or almost constant contact for the last like three days, just cause like she needed somebody. And I was just so glad that, you know, I, me and Claire and my mom could have been there for her. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I love that Morgan's message that it's getting spread and talked about and, um, other programs like we we work a lot with the hidden opponent and you know we just had an interview with Holinsky's hope for Tyler Holinsky and Katie's save Katie Myers parents I mean we're all on the same team like whether it's it's us or them the point is the message is getting out there all of them provide their unique way of talking about this and again, it's not a competition between us. That would be ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like I, like we, we root for them and they root for us because we're all in this stupid club of, you know, we lost somebody and we don't want that. We don't want anybody else to experience it. And so it's, it's, it's more impactful, I believe when you see multiple sets of parents like come together and you know put their foot down and just be like something needs to change and again I mean the more organizations or nonprofits that talk about this the more prevalent it's going to be to the NCAA I love our reach I love it but then when you combine like all of our organizations together, it's, it's even more amplified and it's, I'm just glad that it's being talked about. And a lot of people say like, oh, I had a very similar story to Morgan. And I'm like, yeah, it's not as rare as you might think. I think the reason it's going so well is because it is all peer to peer. And it's 100%, you know, volunteer, like no one's making them do this. Um, and it's all, it's literally just athletes talking to other athletes. You know, there's no adults in the room. There's no one with authority who can take away your starting position if you're worried about that. Um, and I mean, it, it builds that com community to just like, you're you end up talking about like really intimate topics and so like you you get closer with the people that you share with and I think that's what it is really just the the peer-to-peer -peer, um bonding and openness being able to start that and see all of these younger girls on my team want, wanting to be involved in it it was just like so heartwarming to see them so inspired by what Morgan's message is about. And I think, I know that it's only gonna 
be a good thing for our team and like for the rest of time I have full trust in those girls that are ambassadors now and I just can't wait to see all the great things that they do. I think it is important for all these women to stick together and that's what's amazing about like this platform it it is a majority of women's ambassadors but there are also male ambassadors which is also awesome we would love to get more of them involved but I think it's so great to just see this massive group of people come together because they know something needs to change and they want to be a part of the change and they want to do it not only for themselves but literally for their team and their school and every school in the state you know like it, they want to do something that will affect someone positively wherever they are and even if they don't know it you know like in your heart you're making a difference if you're interested in information about the advocacy work that morgan's message does there's a link in the show notes to learn more and get involved if you feel as though you need additional help today's sponsor can also be a great resource thanks to better hope for sponsoring this episode Nearly all of the athletes I've spoken to on Closer Mentality have utilized either a sports psychologist or a therapist. Now, I'm bringing in the option to you, the listeners. If you've ever listened to a Closer Mentality episode and thought, I feel exactly the same way, I'm working with BetterHelp to bring online therapy to your phone and computer. BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat options, and you can speak to a licensed therapist in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp has more than 20,000 therapists around the country, and you have access to them at any time. You can get thoughtful messages from your therapist, and if you aren't happy, it's free to change providers. If you're worried about the cost of traditional talk therapy, BetterHelp also plans for that. They offer financial aid if funding is the only thing standing between you and getting the help that you need. Join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. I have a special offer for all Closer Mentality listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com forward slash Closer Mentality. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Closer Mentality. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. The link is also in the show notes. Thank you so much to Aberly and Cece for introducing Morgan's message to our side of the internet. I can't thank them enough. You can follow Morgan's message on Instagram at Morgan's message, Aberly at Abe Rogers, and Cece at underscore Cece Bartley. You can also follow at Closer Mental to make sure you don't miss an episode. And subscribe to Closer Mentality Uncensored on YouTube to watch the full interviews from all of my guests. Thanks so much for listening to episode 71 of Closer Mentality. As always, I'm your host, Julia Mellett. See you next week.